gone to Kenya several times. This is by no means her first rodeo, but uh, this was a, a very cool podcast because we got to hear about how she grew and changed from the first time she went, which I want to say was five years ago. I don't remember, but she's been on a bunch of trips and this one was uh, different and, and the difference of this one really was all about how uh, her role and how uh, who she is on the trip has changed and just a great conversation. So um, this is uh, one of my favorite podcasts so far with uh, this one and Keith because those are the two that really shifted and became leaders of leaders on this trip. And I really enjoyed that. You're going to hear that a lot. I, I kind of harp on that a little bit with her. So uh, as always, uh, I would love if you guys would share this podcast with other people. If you like it and would like to continue to hear stuff, please share it. And um, you can always contact me with other topics you want to hear. You can get a hold of me at all the things with Luke Tim at gmail.com. And as always, Luke underscore Tim on Instagram at Luke underscore Tim on Twitter or just Facebook me or whatever. Just search my name. You'll find me. So, all right, that's enough of that. Without further ado, here is Julie Darnell. Closer to that microphone, Miss <laughs> Julie Darnell. How have you been? I'm good. I'm not gonna lie to you. You've got a tough, uh, tough podcast to follow. Samantha was awesome. Was she? I bet she was. Oh, so good. Yeah, it was so good. She was not nervous. She was. Yeah, I know. I thought for sure she's gonna come in sweating. I'm gonna skip yeah. this a little uh, bit. Okay, fine. More towards you. Whatever. There we go. Okay. Uh, pretty awesome experience, right? It was. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, what's weird? This, Did you like, look through me? Hang yeah. on a second. I'll move it. <laughs> <laughs> there we there. go. So can I listen to Samantha's yet? Is yeah, I a- just posted it this morning. Okay. So it okay. is out there. It's ready to go. Okay. Um, yeah, it was really fun to talk to her because she was just, you know, so when it, when it comes to this trip, it was so out of out of her box you know it was just weird because she'd never been out of the country uh hadn't done a mission trip before and we threw her into the hornet's <laughs> nest <laughs> which i just love to do as she you know she did so good she did great yeah she was a rock star yeah she really was but you did great too you did i was i was more proud of you and keith than <laughs> honestly <laughs> It was cool. I mean, I was very proud of everybody and yeah. always very proud of Joanne. Don't get me wrong. But I've come to almost, uh, it's borderline taking it for granted with Joanne. Yeah. Because I expect her to be great now. Ooh. With, but I expect that because she always is. <laughs> <laughs> Not like I'm being a jerk about it. Like, when you've been awesome, like, yeah. four mission trips in a row, I expect you to be good on the next one, Ooh. too. So. Ooh. 
But yeah, how is this trip different from your other? Because you you were on you were in Kakamo last year. You've yeah. been on a couple of different trips. I don't. I don't know how to. I don't. I, I really honestly don't know how to maybe verbalize how different it was. You know, um, I thought that it was going to be different because I didn't have Delaney with me, and so I was kind of like excited for that. Like, kind of mean. I hate my daughter. Kind of. No, but like, <laughs> like I I knew it would be different, and I was just like, I almost had this like. I'm not going to have to worry about anybody else. Like, right. just take care of me kind of mm-hmm. vibe. And then um, I remember that maybe there were people that were going that hadn't been before. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's different when it's your daughter. Though. It is totally it's different. a whole different ballgame. It game. is totally different. Yeah, because yeah, you, you care about them. I mean, we didn't care about anybody else on the team. Well, no, I mean, they're just whatever. people. <laughs> just friends. No big deal. Yeah, so it was it was a little different that way, but um, and it was. Um, I mean, obviously the accommodations were different. The you, you know, um, it's kind of weird because you go into it thinking I've done this and I've been here before. Yeah. So it's going to be the same, and so I'm good. And then like, it's not. Never. But same. it is. But it's not. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I mean, we did the same thing. You, you know, we did door doors. We did, you know, the afternoon meetings. And um, so the trip was different, but it was different for me. Yeah. Why? Um, or how? You know, what's funny is because I felt like before we went, I, I think I remember saying to somebody like, don't, don't worry if you don't have like that moment, you, you, you know, like it'll happen. You'll get it. Like, don't be looking for your moment. And like Wednesday, I was feeling kind of like, hmm. I want my moment. <laughs> I haven't had my moment. <laughs> and um, that I kind of realized that that was that was my moment like it was just you don't I, I, I truly went into it thinking you, you know I've got this and mm-hmm. then you realize that you still there's still even though you've done it you're still new oh yeah yeah and that I, I struggle with that every single year where I get to that I, I know it and I self-talk myself the whole time and I'm like don't try and orchestrate it don't try and force it just wait and pray it will come. It yeah. always shows up that the thing, the time. Then I sit there and it's like Tuesday and Wednesday. And I'm like, crap. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna hurry. Somebody else got the thing. Well, I'm not even looking for it for me because my thing is when somebody else gets has that moment. Then I'm like, yeah, yes, mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And so with uh, with every trip, it gets to like Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm like, you know, I'm not telling you how to do your job, God, but. There's like two days left, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> like just saying. so much time. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> By the way, this is about me, so if you right? can make it happen, yeah. <laughs> but that it without fail, there's always an awesome moment, and it's always really cool, and it, it just gets seared into people's minds. And I, you know, I don't mm-hmm. have that. I'm almost there where I, I just can be trusting, and, and it's gonna happen. Yeah. Just just relax, but not yet. 
I will say church on Sunday was like, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was, which is funny because we didn't have, we didn't have the church service that we had the year before, but, um, I just, I remember sitting there and thinking like, how blessed am I? Like I, I didn't do anything to make this happen. And I am, I'm, I'm, I am sitting here in church in a refugee camp in Kenya and not everybody gets to say that. Oh, it's very few. (laughs) Yeah. And it was, for me, that was very, um, I just had this very overwhelming sense of being very blessed and very, um, it, it, it was very overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Overarching theme of the trip and the podcast always seems to be how are we <laughs> blessed and, and how do we get so much when we're trying, we're literally going there to give away God's grace. Yeah. And you just can't, you can't outgive God. Mm-mm. It's weird. Here's, here's what I saw from you this year. I immediately, it was, you know, before we were off in, in Amsterdam, before we were off the plane, I saw, um, especially especially the, the people had not gone before, just turn and it was like, look to Julie to, to have an answer or to be the leader. And that's... And did I say, I don't know? No, you... <laughs> And that's the thing is you wore that hat like you had owned it for years. And I am not a natural born leader. I'm I'm not. (laughs) Which is, I'm like, I'm sure that probably didn't really happen. I probably just didn't realize it was happening. I just, um. Oh, it was. Yeah. The, the, the jump in leadership uh, with you and Keith was, was kind of on this equal where I was excited because I was figuring you guys are going to be good leaders and you know you'll be helpful but you got to a point where you were coaching others and I was like oh game changer yeah and that's super awkward for me why because I don't like to tell people what to do what? but then I realized there, there was a Doug time, what to do all the time I know but he doesn't listen to me <laughs> <laughs> he's like that's nice <laughs> I'm gonna do what I want cute story honey. yeah <laughs> But I and I don't know when it was, but I I do think there there I did feel like a time that there was like I was like oh I don't want to tell you what to do, but then there, I was like oh but if I don't then like like so yeah. Well, I think every, every leader has that anxiety, but I didn't see yeah. any anxiety on your face. Oh. And it was it's just when you when you start to watch eyeballs, you mm-hmm. know, turn towards you, and you know then then I'm hearing well you know Julie was really helpful. She was saying that and it's not just telling people what to do. It's yeah. more like coaching people through a feeling or a moment okay. or an emotion like let's, let's yeah. work on processing that yeah i could be a leader that way but yeah not, not like joanne is a leader <laughs> not that joanne tells everybody what to do but joanne oh, is totally. she tells everybody what <laughs> she to do. tells you what to do <laughs> <laughs> but she's a she is a i think a natural born leader and the sure the way she is very organized and can orchestrate things and yeah yeah, it's it's a, like, just a different type of leadership. We would still be in Amsterdam if I did. <laughs> like we just wouldn't get out of the airport. <laughs> that might not be so bad. To be honest, I'd take it. Yeah. No, but that was that was really, um, especially because Joanne is kind of even in a, in a position now too, where she's got so much technical stuff to do 
that she's she's in a different sort of role. So to have people on the trip, and then I get to step back and just do the fun stuff. Like mm-hmm. my job is just fun. I, I'm there and um, talking about Jesus and helping people process the, the go into the scriptures and because mm-hmm. that's what I'm better at than trying to be a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> prefer to just talk about the bible mm-hmm. yeah. yeah this trip was awesome what, what stood out um was there like a person you talked to or like an awesome experience that um for me it was the very last day which you know maybe that was you know yeah um but we had done we had done home visits in the morning and i was with joanne and keith and I don't remember. Maybe it was Peter. I, 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 I truly don't remember who else was with us. But um, we had stopped and um, we were talking to this gentleman and his wife. And his name was Luke. Ah, so uh, yes. <laughs> yep. So now it's funny because, like, I kind of refer to him as our Luke. And I'm like, but I don't mean you. I mean, like, like, like he's he belongs to yeah. Keith and Joanne and I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um... And I do not remember what his wife's name was, but ba- basically, like his name, and and I think they were from um, South Sudan. His name, like, means conflict, and her name means peace or something. I just thought that was like so amazing. Mm-hmm. But then um, he had told us that he was their Seventh Day Adventist, and so he was very gracious and chatted with us, and we invited him to church and. We were um, we were sitting there, and um, Joanne was she was to my right, and there was a couple of people between us, and Keith was right next to me, and it had already like you had already started talking, and you were talking about Revelation, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of like obviously it was not orchestrated because nothing in Kenya is <laughs> just like hey will you do this and that way, and, and so. Um, from the back, we were all sitting up at the front of the church and like spun around, so we we're facing, you know, everybody. Yeah. And um, this super tall gentleman in his crisp dark jeans and his brand new, like it looked brand new, it probably wasn't, you know, crisp white shirt, which he had changed into, mm-hmm. comes walking up from the back of the church. <laughs> he just he marched his little self all the way up to the front, and Joanne's looking at me and she's like, "Do you see him? Do you see him? <laughs> How can I miss him?" <laughs> yeah. That's our Luke, and then Keith's nudging me, and he's like, "That's that's Luke," and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that's awesome." And he sits down, and Keith goes, "Well, do you know why that's so awesome?" I'm like, "Cause we invited him." <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's like, "No," he's like, "You remember he's Seventh Day Adventist, and they they don't they don't what did he say? They have Revelation all wrong or yeah. something like that." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh." How how cool is that? I mean, right. and he, I mean, he looked at all three of us like made eye contact, like like you invited me and I'm here. Like, do you see this? Mm-hmm. And he like we kept looking over at him, and he was just like eyes glued to you, like taking it all in. And to me, that was like, you know, we hear a lot of the awful gut wrenching stories, and there every day there was those. But to me, I was like like. 
that was an uplifting, you, you know, like mm-hmm. look at like God is truly working here and in a positive way. And it, it was just, it made me feel good yeah. to know that like good things are happening. Yeah. Yeah. I love it because it's, it is essentially, um, new Testament, old school, original church vibe, you know, cause Paul was dealing with, and, and so why, why revelation? Well, here's, and, and some funny backstory is it happens to be one of my favorite books. I've, I've taught a, a Bible study on revelation probably 10 times, um, over the last five or six years, and I was in the middle of it when we went to. So I, I do a Wednesday Bible study. We're doing Revelation, so it's it's like loaded in my head, and I've got all of these references. So I'm sure I blew people away. They're like, because out of the blue, they go, "Hey, you know, we we want to talk about the end times. Can you tell us about what it's going to be like at the end?" And I was like, oh, "Okay," and they're like, "You know, um, the Antichrist and this and this," and I just started pulling verses and chapters and I'm sure they're all like, this man is truly a biblical scholar. I'm like, no, I just was prepping for this last week. Actually, so. that's what I was sitting there. I think it's like, wow. Yeah, it's not that impressive. <laughs> really not. It was like, they just happened to ask me about my wheelhouse. It'd be like yeah. if, if somebody over there, if Doug was over there and somebody said, you know, we'd like to hear about Iowa football. And then he like goes, go-boom. <laughs> this man How knows everything about have? college football. Like, yeah, he's got a particular thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was it was just this great moment where I, I just I was ready, prepared. This is perfect. And why were they um, really nervous about the end times? Well, it's, it's it mirrored exactly the stuff that Paul was dealing with. It, the churches there were scared. What happens at the end? How is this going to go? And Western Christianity has kind of gotten over it. Yeah. You know, we're sort of like, eh, it hasn't happened for a long time, so it's probably not going to happen in my lifetime. I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And so I was addressing all the same fears. They were scared of Jesus coming back. They were scared of what that was going to be like. Um, yeah, interesting. Wow. Interesting. Well, they they had read, I mean, they, they don't have a lot of other things to do, but when you're a Christian and you're there and you have a Bible, you read the whole thing. And some of that stuff in Revelation sounds pretty scary. Yeah, Revelation actually kind of freaks me out. Oh, so, yeah, it's so not scary. It's like the best thing ever. The best thing ever. It, re- it really is. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus comes back and we win. woo <laughs> That's the ultra short version. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, not that was... the version you gave when we were in Canada. No. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, but that was fun. That Because mm-hmm. I didn't know he was seventh day. I didn't hear that story until after that. So a lot of the specific mm-hmm. things I was talking about, you know, that included things like um, eternal death. That's one thing that the Seventh-day Adventists uh, don't really buy into is death is an eternal thing. Um, so like – or, or eternal punishment, I should say. Okay. So they believe that you die and go to heaven or you die and it's just like lights out and you're gone. Okay. And so I just – I was starting to reference all of those eternal is eternal and resurrection and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was neat, too, that you were already talking when he came in. It didn't seem like, oh, now the Seventh-day Adventist is here. Yeah. Go get him. Yeah. Which I don't even know. Like He wouldn't have picked up on yeah, that. Like that, <laughs> yeah. Like, that would totally be something that would, like, be our thing. Oh, yeah. You, you know, like. Talking about me, aren't you? Yeah. 
<laughs> that might just be a you thing. Maybe. Mm. Probably wouldn't be a me thing. <laughs> Probably not. You don't care. Oh, that was really nice. That was a great day, too. Yeah, it was a really great day. It really, really was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how was, the, how was the return then, coming back? You know, it was... So I want to say it was more... I think in my head it was more difficult than it has been with any of the others. But then I was remembering that... Not really. I've just forgotten. <laughs> you, you know, like, because I, I really had this thought where I was like, this has just, just been the most difficult. I'm like, oh, I remember there was actually a time when um, I called Luke in the morning and I was like, seriously, I need to talk to you like t- today. today. I'm like, oh, and so you, maybe not. Maybe. You need to fix this today. <laughs> yeah. I like, can't understand. But so, um, yeah, it, it has taken me. A long time to process. I actually can go buy groceries now without crying. Oh. I know, right? That was kind of a weird... I was like, people are going to be like, this woman is <laughs> crazy! <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I think I've spent a lot of time in my own head. Yeah. And kind of processing. And I do feel kind of bad because I know that there might be people that really want to know about it. Like, I haven't talked with Doug a whole lot about it. And you know, people ask, like, how was your trip? I'm like, it was good. Mm-hmm. But I think, and that's that's because I know there are people that really want want to know, but f- for me, it's been really hard to get the 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 glassy eyed or the people who I think will get it that don't get it, and then it frustrates me, and so then I'm just like, it was good. Mm-hmm. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just talk about you because yeah. I really don't want to get frustrated today. Yeah. So that's, but it, I'm I'm coming out of that, and I'm able to talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. Like Ann Downs actually said to me, she was like, "Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I didn't ask a lot about your trip because I know you're still trying to process." And I was like, "Oh, you get it. Good. Thank you." Aww. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. a big deal coming back to people who have been before. And, like, so you just see this crowd of people, and you can tell the eyes. Some mm-hmm. eyes are looking at you like, oh, I get it. Oh, I know. I'm here mm-hmm. for you. And yeah. others are like, tell me about your trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talk to me in a few I months. did kind of, like, I snapped at somebody at work, and he didn't mean anything by it. He said, how was your vacation? I was like, it wasn't a vacation. Yo. Yeah. And he just, he doesn't know. Yeah. So then uh, that's not fair, because then I'm just, like, crouchy and mean to you it was like i yeah you're right i wasn't at work it was yeah i had a it was a from very, your perspective it looked like i was on vacation because yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, i wasn't here yeah yeah so yeah it and was great <laughs> the accombinations were amazing five stars <laughs> according to kakama they are it really was I mean, five stars yeah it was kakama. awesome yeah and truly that makes all the difference it's it a big deal really really does and i'm not saying like we weren't it wasn't five stars. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And I feel so bad because I think some of um, some of our newbies <laughs> were like... Waiting for the catastrophe? You said this was going to be nicer. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. What are we doing here? <laughs> but um, just the... Like being able to get like a cold drink at the end of the day. Right. Like that's huge. Uh-huh. And you don't really realize, like, how big of a deal that is. Like, we take a lot for granted. Yeah. Oh, ceiling fans. Yeah. I could not believe we had ceiling fans at night. 
Unreal. It was amazing. Yeah, that was that was a game changer yeah. too. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Always had water for showers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, somebody had asked me, um, "How important is that really?" Jeez. <laughs> and you know, it it is a huge deal to be able to like to know that you can wash your hands with with water yeah and and to know that you can shower even if it's lukewarm water like that actually feels really good when you're so hot and if you at least have a little tiny bit like as like us if we have just a little tiny bit of comfort and like like sense of normalcy then the next day, when we we go out and visit with people, we're more rested. Mm-hmm. We're more like put together and can, you know. I don't think. I I, I don't. If you haven't done it, you don't you don't know what you don't know. You, you know, yeah, right? And you just like I'm not being a baby by saying that you know, Mm-mm. not being able to shower is a huge deal, or I you know like. I was so hot that I woke up like completely soaked Uh, like, and then I couldn't sleep when I was up all night. Like that's, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but. But then you're trying to get up and do work. Yeah. And and it's not, I mean, if I was waking up and and throwing bricks around or something like that, I don't care, but it's like, I'm trying to be mentally sharp. I'm trying to be aware. I'm trying to be present, all that kind of stuff. And if you are just torched, and you can't do it, mm-hmm. you can't do it. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, this this is how I feel almost all the time right now. I showered this morning. I, I feel pretty good. And then, like, you, you switch gears to always hot, always sweaty, <laughs> always dirty, always dusty. Yeah. And it, that's enough to throw you off just mentally. You're like, mm-hmm. ugh. Mm-hmm. And if I was camping, it, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Because that's what you're doing. That's what you're like. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. Not talking to anybody. I, I mean, I don't shower when I'm at deer camp. I'm sure you and it's don't. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not trying to have intelligent conversations at deer camp. Yeah, trust me. Yeah. And then I think, um, and I, I don't think everybody really realizes this too. So, like, so then you go to the camp and you're talking to people who that is their life every day. Yeah, they don't have. A shower. They don't have. They they have to walk to get their water, and then carry it back. And um, you know that's their new normal. But you know, these are your everyday person. Like mm-hmm. the you know when they were in their home country, they were you know they weren't living the way we live. Right. But they, they weren't ha- living like that. Right. You know. So if you think like. Take your average person in our church, in our community, and put them in that situation. Like, that is that is what it is. Like, they were your average, middle-class, hardworking people mm-hmm. with their own home, with their family close, and they had food and jobs. And now they literally have nothing. They have to walk to go get their water. To cook their food. Yeah, the, the closest they equivalent have. we have is, is after Hurricane Katrina with people living in those trailers for like two years. Yeah. That's close. Yeah. 
and I mean, imagine going from your home in, in suburban wherever that's uh, 2,000 square foot, 1,500 square foot, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, and mm-hmm. living a pretty decent life. All of a sudden, everything is gone, and you're in a 300-foot house, trailer, and you, you don't have a job, you got nowhere to go, and you can't do anything. Yeah, you're just existing. Yeah. Yeah. We had we were talking to the ladies one afternoon, and that was a question that was brought up. Tell me about what your life was like before you came here. And one of the ladies was like, you know, we had, you, you know, we were thriving. We we had food to eat. We had animals. We had, you know, our crops and and, and a job and a, and a purpose. And, a, you know, she's like, I don't even know where my, my kids are. Mm. Which, you know, and then, you know, they're not living in a trailer with a door. No. And, you know, we'd, um, it was, it might have been the second day that was, everybody talks about that it was you and me and Samantha and maybe Keith was with us, I can't remember. And um, we were visiting with the family, but everybody talks about the man who, who was like, (laughs) like in your face, (laughs) but, um, you know, what one of the ladies had said was, you know, they're... They had been basically robbed in the middle of the night. Yeah. I mean, they were robbed in the middle of the night. You know, they have got a tent, and there's slash marks all through their tent. You know, And these people did have children with them. And she's like, I am fearful for my children. Yeah. And in the same aspect, thank you so much for being here. And, you know, can you just, you know pray for you know good health and you you know like it wasn't (laughs) it it wasn't take me out of here it wasn't (laughs) you you know yeah i mean and the guy um to be clear was in my face yelling good things (laughs) right yeah that's right It's such a, I, I knew that was going to wig out the new people on the trip. I was like, it's just a cultural thing. They're they're just louder, um, and they're aggressive hand movements, and they, they have no much different concept of personal space mm-hmm. than we do. And I was like, man, people are going to think that I'm about to get killed. Yeah. This yeah, guy Samantha is, was freaked out. Yeah, this guy's encouraging me. He's, he's like telling me about how they need help, and you need to tell people back in America this is important. It's good for you to be here, so you can go and tell the story. But he's talking about like that, yeah, and like in, in your face, language. close yeah. Tucker. Yeah. I was like, whoa, hang on. That was awesome. Yeah. And then he prayed for us. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I turned around to look on because I think Mike was there. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, Mike. I think okay. it was Samantha and Mike both. And I turned around, they looked at her like, "Good or bad? <laughs> what, what was that?" You know, I was like, "That's good." No, that was good. We're yeah. friends. We're friends. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's fine. fine. Yeah, we're good. I remember we had like we had walked away from their little um, their little home, and Samantha stops me and she goes, "Wait a minute! I just want to be clear here. What?" Who did this to them? Like, she was completely freaked out. Yeah. Completely freaked out. You know, kind of looking around, and I'm like, like, well, they probably have an idea, but they're not going to tell you who it is because they don't want to cause trouble. You know, and right. she's like, somebody needs to, like, you know, she was completely just like, why would somebody do that? Why would somebody take their stuff? Why would... I'm like, well, because they don't have anything. Yeah. You know, and, and no, it's not the people. It's not their neighbor. You know, yeah, it's a it's a whole thing um, that it, 
I, I call it exposure. Like all, we have so much here that kind of, I mean, if something happens, you call the police, the police come, we're good. You know, I mean, we're not good, good if someone got stolen, right. but I, right. have, I have an avenue. Yeah. I've got something. I've got mm-hmm. some insurance. I've got this. I've yeah. got that. We're there. You're so much more exposed to the bad things in this world. Man, if something goes sideways, there is no police to call. No, I mean, no. it's kind of UN, but they don't. They actually do not work at night. No, no. <laughs> and the UN, I always have in my head, like a bunch of. We used to be. I don't anymore. Now that I've worked with the UN, I used to think that the UN was like a bunch of Belgians. And they would show, like, because that's where, <laughs> I think that's where the U.N. headquarters are. Anyway, Absolutely. it doesn't matter. I, That's Keith, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking U.N. is sort of the United Nations, this conglomerate of people, and they're all, like, these Western people, and they live in, like, the the U.N. hotel or something, yeah. or the, like, the complex, and they dispatch them, you know, and they put on their white helmets, and they run in, and they help out. It isn't. It's no. It's basically a pile of money. And they say, hey, Kenya, since, you know, you're going to build this refugee camp, hire this many police. So it's just Kenyans, and we know how Kenyan police work. Yeah. So they're just Kenyans with a U.N. badge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The police is not not a thing in those. No. I don't recall this year seeing one. No, we did last year. Yeah. But I don't. I only did a couple of times last year, though, and that was just a truck driving by. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't really anything It wasn't else. really, like, anybody walking around or, like, you know, checking in with anybody. You know, it's just, yeah. it's very... And we haven't talked about that much on, on these podcasts. It, there is not a heavy U.N. presence, even though it's a U.N. camp. It's, I mean, I saw, this year, I think the only official vehicle I saw was a U.N. film crew, and they were filming stuff, I'm sure, for some... <laughs> For commercials, I don't Probably, know. Probably, yeah. <laughs> or a report to the UN, mm-hmm. whatever it was. Mm-hmm. There's there's buildings, and the I assume UN people work in those buildings, but they're all fenced off, razor wired. Yeah. It's other than invite that. only. Like you're not coming in here. Yeah, I didn't see mm-hmm. a single uniform, mm-hmm. a single UN uniform this year. And what kind of surprises me a little bit is like, words got to travel that we're there. Yeah. I mean, like we are white people. Yeah. Um, and I always kind of just, I'm kind of surprised that nobody from the UN ever just kind of approaches and is like, so what are you doing here? Right. Like, what? Like, let's just make sure this is all like, it's like they're like, Meh, whatever. Yeah. I like, Come and go, do what you want. Like, right. I mean, we could be bad people. <laughs> right. And then that's the problem. I think there are some bad people who, take advantage of that it's, it's probably good that the camp is that far away from nairobi and, and other places yeah. where really bad people could access it yeah like it's kind of hard to get to it is it sucks mm-hmm. <laughs> it mm-hmm. definitely sucks to get there yeah but the chinese are building a new road out there Woo-hoo. yeah i can't wait oh yeah it's gonna be great oh uh, what so much easier to get out there what, what? <laughs> that they're they're gonna pave that yeah. road yeah they're gonna pave that road this yeah. should be done any how decade long do you now. Think, yeah. And how long do you think it's going to stay, like, amazingly smooth? Oh, I bet by the time they finish it up in Kakama, the front half is already destroyed. Yeah. Like, it's not really going to... Yeah, it's not going to last. No. It's no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was yeah. um, it was interesting to note that this year, that I, I didn't see a single UN vehicle driving around other than that film crew. Mm-hmm. And didn't see a single... Pre- it's just... It's literally the Wild West. Mm-hmm. And that, that family that we were talking about, um, they were still living with the 
tarp houses, so like you said, just basically a tent. So you just yeah. take a knife and you zip right through that bad boy, and, and you're in. You're in. Yeah. So like a mud hut is a big upgrade. Yeah, it truly is, which is kind of unfortunate because it's kind of hot. Uh, yeah. Like that, you can't like they put little windows in there, but they put them up really, really high, obviously. Yeah. And like then there's no real like cross breeze, and but I mean, would you rather be hot or safe? Yeah, well, I guess I'd rather be hot. Yeah, it's the, the only choice you really have, and it's you know, um, it's it's more permanent for wind and probably quieter. And yeah, probably. It, it's a definite upgrade. I know, but man, when they invite you in, yeah, you're like, oh, thanks for inviting me in your home. Oh, the sweat's rolling down my back. Yeah. <laughs> we, you so didn't hard. get to go when we were invited into the. Um, hotel, but not hotel really means restaurant. You weren't with us where we had a little snack. Oh, no. You missed out. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I missed all the fun stuff. I wasn't in the bar. I wasn't with the drug dealers. I know. I wasn't either, but, you know, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to try the mira. <laughs> yeah, I'm comfortable not, like... Going to the bar and hanging with the drug dealers, but yeah, yeah, the I bar was, is the one that would really wake. We, I, I did see a lot of drunk young men this time. Yeah, they were around a lot, but that that's the one that would actually scare me more than the mira, the the drug, because that's a plant. The stuff that they're drinking that's alcohol is like something fermented and distilled. And I would worry about losing my eyesight. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, whoa. But it looks pretty potent. Oh, I'm sure it is. I got to sniff it once, and it was like, oh, jeez. Yeah. You drink that? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's probably a nice kind of break from reality. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know. I get it. I yeah. Would, yeah. The Mira is the one that I think would be fun because I think it's a stimulant. Yeah, yeah, I'll try anything. Out I know, there. right? You would. <laughs> Nerd. Anything on this? What was the toughest thing about this trip? Like, was there a moment that was just really hard to deal with? Hmm. Or are you becoming calloused? I don't think I'm becoming calloused. I feel like. Oh, gosh, I hope I'm not. I just. I didn't have a lot of that. But then I say that and like, you know, Samantha broke down in tears because somebody attacked those people's home. And I was like, <laughs> just explaining to her how it works. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, so I gosh, maybe I am, which is awful. I guess, um, I, I there wasn't one one thing that just made me I, I yeah which is awful right like I no, can't it's not I can't come up with like and then later I'll be like oh yeah wait but no I mean that's the leadership thing I was talking about hmm. yeah, yeah and it's, it's not just leadership it's also this this different level of maturity that you're you're getting to because I used to freak out about that like when yeah. I stopped because I've been going, um, not just a lot of times, but going way back, like 10, 15 years. And I had that same moment where I was like, I'm not having the same overwhelming, gut-wrenching 
issue am I becoming just a cold-hearted jerk? Yeah. But if you're crying buying groceries, <laughs> you're not calloused. Okay. <laughs> There's still hope for me. <laughs> yeah. No, what what you're doing? So here's how I kind of um, figured out what was going on with me because I, I, I obviously I still feel very passionate about it. If I was callous, I'd be like, man, poor people in Africa, whatever. I, I wouldn't wouldn't care about going on these trips. I wouldn't yeah. do podcasts. I wouldn't I wouldn't do any of this. So what I discovered is I've kind of developed a pattern and a process. So the first thing that you – the first reason you have that overwhelming catastrophe uh, emotional experience is because you didn't have a, a pattern. You, you, it just was so jarring. When you think family and kid, you've got the basic picture of the Darnells yeah. and like other families. And then you see this and there's no pattern to match that to. Right. And you, you can't find a place for it in your brain or your heart. Mm-hmm. And you're like cognitive dissonance and you just break down. So you develop a pattern like, okay, this is like this is like this is like this. I've seen this before. I have a frame of reference. And then you develop the process, which is the first time you – even if you have a pattern of it, it's like – but I don't know how to take that, internalize it, deal with it, and then put it in a place over here and in a different corner of my brain so I can have the conversation with somebody – that's that vapor lock that yeah. sometimes missionaries experience where they're like, mm-hmm. that was, we all hit vapor lock with those, those four young boys that we ran into. And even, so even Shara, who's been doing this 10 years full time and, um, uh, Karanja, who's, who's been doing it and living there his whole life, they had vapor lock mm-hmm. and they looked at me and I was like, so I'm not supposed to have vapor lock. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> But they, they both went, I, I don't have words. I don't know what to say. Yeah. And I was like, oh, see? You didn't have a process for that. Yeah. You did not have a process for that. Which is so, I mean, that was, hearing that story was so overwhelming to me. And maybe maybe because, like, um, and hearing you tell it for the first time, Shara was kind of funny this time. Like, every once in a while, she'd go... And Luke, tell us about your day. You know, like, like she kind of, it was kind of funny. And that was like, for me, when it, when somebody else would have that moment, it would just like, there was like a part of me that would just, I not, it, it was almost like break and then like re, reheal, mm-hmm. you, you know, like, like, cause I don't want to see I don't want to see anybody else hurting and, and, and that sort of thing. But then I, I don't, I don't know. So like, yeah, seeing you like to hear you tell that story and then seeing you kind of choke up about it. And I was like, Holy cow. And that's one of the stories that I tell Like, It's not my story. I don't feel like I have a lot of stories. Like I didn't have a lot of those. Like I ran into this person. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like it, you know, yeah. Like that's, how do you like they're just but that's the again I'm, I'm back to that's that level of now you're even in that position with me and other people of because i describe that all the time it was the biggest fear i had taken Joni. yeah and i was like uh i'm gonna have to facilitate the breaking of your heart and then i'm gonna have to watch you and and i have to believe i this will get better you will heal it'll be better 
but this is going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> so you're watching me go through that. I'm like, this sucks. Because <laughs> I, I, I have a process for almost everything now. Yeah. You know, there's there's not a lot that I haven't seen when it comes to mm-hmm. poverty and mm-hmm. suffering. Um, but that one, uh, I probably should tell it for anybody who's Oh, right. Wondering. We're just talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway. So, <clears throat> Thursday morning, we're at, we're at this church, um, and it's an Ethiopian church. And the, the communities are really kind of clumped together, but but not in a super organized way. And in fact, it, in some places, you can still see how, how houses are in rows, but then they start building a secondary, like a smaller shed or this or that. And, mm-hmm. um, so this is in an older part of Kakama, and it's just scattery you know it's just like there's stuff and trees and things and it's it's really kind of chaotic so we start walking and, and visiting these different families which was so cool too because right right off the bat one of the first people we visited um had had been waiting under the same tree the year before and, I, and i'm pretty sure um katie was with us and I, i'm not sure if you were or not i can't I remember i wasn't there okay um but we had this awesome moment where it was like, you know, these same women under this same tree in the same spot, which is not really probably that weird. They probably sit under that tree every single right. day. But it's weird for us. It's super weird for me. And, <laughs> and it was like, I, I did not recognize it walking towards it. But as soon as I got to the other side, I went, oh, yeah, I totally remember this. And uh, she was um, remembered us. And we had this whole conversation. And she said, do you remember um, last year when we, you were here, we were asking you to pray because it had been 11 years and I had not ever had a child and I wanted a child so very badly. And I said, yes. And then she said, you prayed for me and, um, you know, here it, now I have this child. And I howled as the child. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You do that math backwards. And I was like, oh, Oh, you gave birth to that child about nine months after we left. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So then we walk around the corner, <laughs> and there's this home that um, appears to have been there for a while, so it must have been vacant, but these, these four boys come out after some salutations and hollering at them, and you could just tell they, they were... Um, neglected, you yeah. know, just had that look. They're all taller than me, by the way. Um, but two of them are 17, two of them were 13, and they've been there for three years, which means they were 14 and 10, the four of them, when they when they arrived. Um, do not know anything about their parents, do not know any, um, any story behind it, have, haven't seen them in at least those three years, probably longer than that. And um, they happen to be there because we happen to be there during the time when the kids uh, go on a break and study for their primary exams. Mm-hmm. So um, they, that's the cool thing about Kakama. If there's a cool thing about Kakama, it is school is free yeah. um, in, in the younger grades. So thanks be to God for that. Anyways, um, so they're, they're studying and we kind of ask some questions and they – pretty shy at first but Karan just just got a way of, of poking at him and finally they <laughs> they come out and and say yeah no no parents no adults no friends the four of us are alone here and it was like August 21st or 23rd somewhere in there or July I mean yeah yeah and um they said our, our monthly rations are gone we have no food until September 1st 
and it was like that was where everybody just kind of shut down they're like oh, and Karan just said yeah yeah when they go to school they at least get a small bowl of porridge once a day but during this time from the break for the rest of August and so all they're doing is sitting in this house all day every day I mean they go get water because there's, there's always water available. Maybe they try and beg for food or something, but then they sit in this house and they study for this exam. And I, I'm thinking, studying for an exam when you're starving. Yeah. How do you even do that? Yeah. And, and everything rides on this. Everything mm-hmm. rides on this. Mm-hmm. If, if you get into the next school, if you do well, you get into a better school try and snag a scholarship and, and put yourself in a different position. This is, this is like critical mass. And that's, that's where everybody felt this exposure of, oh, well, this is right on the edge. They may not make it. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, Luke, say something. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Luke and Jesus loves you. Yeah, not going to cut it. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it, it was it was rough. Um, and I don't recall exactly what I said, but it was, it was along the lines of um, had, had everything to do with the father and having a, a heavenly father. And, and we may not know our earthly father, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it was it was mediocre at best, I think. <laughs> but that was the point. At the end of it, um, I was telling them that um, these these white eyes of mine, these American eyes of mine, uh, they're very weak. They're very soft. I had my sunglasses. I kept mm-hmm. them on the whole time. Usually I take them off when I try and talk to people. Yeah. Um, but I, I was choking up and I, I was like, I can't take my sunglasses off. And yeah, I, did, yeah. I didn't want them to feel that. So I kind of pulled it together and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take these off and look in your eyes. And I am going to, because uh, I want you to know that I see you, that I know you, and that I will not forget you. Mm-hmm. And I will tell people about you. And we will pray for you. And, and I was kind of doing all this stuff. And I took my glasses off and shook each one's hand. And, and each one of them um, had their eyes kind of down. You know, the, the look where the chin is downwards. It's just that almost defeated. Yeah. Like, ugh, I can't even bear to look you in the eyes. And I, and I held their hand and squeezed it until I got them to look in my eyes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you just felt this, like, I can't believe this man is looking at me. And I was like, yeah. And I just kind of gave each one a nod mm-hmm. and said, yep, we are not going to forget you. Yeah. And then we turned around. after, after We were there for a, a good amount of time. And as we walked away, I pulled Shar, and Shar was like in the same moment pulling us all in. And she's like, I don't care what happens. I go, that's right. We're going to make something happen. She's like, that's okay. <laughs> so if it's you or if it's me, and I said, it doesn't matter. Let me fade the will. And she goes, okay. And she looks at Karanj, and he's like, I'm in. Don't look at me. Like, I'm not going to fight this. <laughs> So um, we made sure that because it was it was maybe maybe fifth well I would say twenty yards from the church, yeah. and the church didn't know they were there. No. And you you say how can that be? Like yeah, it, it, easily, easily. You, you, I know it'd be hard for Americans hearing this to be like how can somebody be twenty yards away from you starving to death and you not know? This like a lot of the camp is that way. Mm-hmm. And it's just the, the yeah. fee, like it didn't surprise me at all that they didn't know they were there. No. Makes a, if you were there and you saw it, you'd be like, oh, I'll get it. Yeah, that they don't know. They don't know. Yeah. 
But that's, um, and see, that's one of those things where, like, like for me, I want to know how that turns out. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to know mm-hmm. in 10 years where those boys are. But that's just me. You know, that's just for me, yeah. you, you know? And so I just have to believe that God will continue to provide for them and, you, you know... Sometimes. And then I want to believe that they're going to do something amazing. <laughs> you know, right, like. Right. CEO of Motorola or something right. awesome. Like, I knew you win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's where God's grace is so wonderful. Is it, we're the ones who plant seeds oftentimes. Sometimes we're the ones who reap the harvest. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I baptized eight people or something like that this trip. And um, so sometimes you get to reap the harvest. But most often it's. On these trips, anyways, we are planting seeds and we are we are putting things in motion, and then we have to let go. It's it's like it's like sending your kid off to college every day. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. I don't know. I haven't done that yet, but I have a feeling that might be easier. <laughs> might be ex- excited to see Delaney go. No, I just think it'll be easier to send her to college than to like, and not walk away, but to just know that. I've done what I was supposed to do and that what God mm-hmm. asked me to do and just yeah. let that go. Like that's, it's not. There's a comedian who's uh, got a bit that's actually against religion, but I, I think it's hilarious because I think it works for discipleship. You know, you know, curling, the Olympic sport yes. on the ice with the big rocks. Yeah. It's like, it's like discipleship is like curling. Like you slide and you're right there. You're holding on tight. And, and you're helping and you're guiding and you're leading and then you really slowly just let go. <laughs> and and you just watch it go straight down right where you were aiming. That's what discipleship is. For the longest time, with your kids, like you're mm-hmm. holding tight, you know, and you slowly let go and they glide the direction you were pointing them. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully, right? <laughs> yeah. Your kids are fine. They're going to be good kids. Good adult They're going to be good kids. Yeah. Someday, <laughs> get your act together. <laughs> They're going to be good, well-adjusted adults. Uh, probably. <laughs> I mean, there's a chance. Always. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Delaney is the one you got to watch for. I know, right? Mm-hmm. She's a terrible person right now. She told me the other day that not everything's about me. I might have said it to her first, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem with having, like, smart kids who are Mm -hmm. articulate, Mm -hmm. is is they can just put it right Mm -hmm. back on you. And truly, she is, like, a better person than I am. (laughs) She is. Why would you say that? Because she usually is. (laughs) But I was thinking the other day how, like, I would... Last year, I would get kind of frustrated with her because she would get frustrated with others after she came back from from Kenya. Yeah, like, and then I was like, oh, because I was I was doing that this time. I'm like, hmm. So, like, I'm where she was after being there four times, and I'm an adult, and <laughs> like, like she hit that way before me. Like, huh? All right, so now I need to take my own advice and. <laughs> Learn from your daughter how yeah. to not be a terrible person. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. frustrates you about people when you come back? Um, you know, t- truly, it is our reality is so much different. And the things that 
upset us and that we worry about. I mean, that there's things and there's stuff and it's really not a big deal. Really, it isn't. Mm-hmm. And if we knew the troubles that others have and still find joy every day and still trust in God and find a way to encourage you know, encourage us versus, you know, I'm like, but you don't know. Like I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming back around to that. You know, like we, the people who haven't been don't know and their troubles really are a big deal to them. It may not seem like a big deal to me. Like, Uh you know, it's, it's really too bad that, you know, you think you need a new car or that your vacation plans didn't work out the way you wanted or I mean you know mm-hmm. but you just kind of have to have some grace and you know move on but it's it's kind of hard it's hard not to be like are you kidding me <laughs> do you hear what you are saying <laughs> like oh but you, you know it's because um, nobody wants to hear that right you know, and yeah, it's the subjectivity of uh, our world and, and how you know, the world isn't subjective. I mean, our, the way we perceive it. So, you know, everybody's biggest problem is their biggest problem mm-hmm. and their their biggest problem is the biggest problem they have. Yeah. And so, you know, for somebody that might be here, here's an analogy. My biggest problem was I needed to get a nail pounded into this table, but I don't have a hammer. Like, well, how badly do you need to pound a nail into that table? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, I don't. Mm-hmm. I just that's my okay. biggest problem, yeah. and that's just terrible. Now, what's cool about going to Kenya is you come back with tools. You come back with like a hammer. Yeah. And like, so these people are standing around, like, man, my life is so hard. It's so. And, like, the temptation is to hit him in the head with a hammer. No. <laughs> but you can just come over and pound a nail in and be like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Your problem isn't really a problem. Yeah. You just think it's a problem. Just you just need a hammer. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I've been kind of cranky, but I'm I'm getting over I'm getting yeah. over that. Yeah. The, the goal is to find contentment, I think. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a whole new level of contentment when mm-hmm. you see somebody else suffering this way and you're like, now I can be content without a brand new car. Can you believe yeah. it? Yeah. And then, like, wow, <laughs> you're such a, a non-materialistic person because you only have three cars. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And there was a little bit of me this time that I was kind of like, oh, we have too much stuff. Oh, like, I do that every like time. Like, at my house. Yeah. Like, we are, like... Like this is not, this is not okay. Like there's just too too much here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you don't want to have discontent because of guilt. Yeah. But you find the contentment where it's like with, with our family, we don't do giant, big, expensive vacations. And I mean, my neighbors and people I know are like, oh, yeah. we went out, did this great thing, and oh, five day cruise with the whole family. And I'm thinking. Jeez, that's that's a chunk of change, and God bless you for having it. I'm, I'm yeah. not mad at you. I'm just, yeah. I, I don't need that. Yeah, I just don't care. Mm-hmm. I drive a, a crappy van with a giant dent in it, <laughs> a motorcycle-sized dent in it. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. That. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it still gets you from point A to point B. And yeah, 
Yeah. And if, you know, it, there's there's always that, because I'm a dude and, and cars and all that, there's that little bit of, ugh, you know, people look at it and look at the piece of crap. Very quickly, I'm like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in a refugee camp somewhere starving. My 14-year-old has all the, the tortilla chips he could ever eat, <laughs> which yes. I think if you were to draw blood from him... He'd, you'd be able to measure tortilla chips <laughs> in like parts per hundred. Like it's out of control. Yeah, it's it, only gonna get worse. It's almost a bag, a family bag a night. <laughs> what? Like, where'd you put that? I keep looking at Jordan. Why do you keep buying those? Just stop. Oh, it's sad. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. excited to go back again someday. Yeah. Want to go back this summer? Yeah. But see, and then that's where I'm like, oh, but that's so selfish. Because if I go, then I'm taking the place of somebody else. Like, I really, really want to go. Like, yeah. Really. But listen to Samantha and Mike and um, Debbie when they're talking about how important it is to have veterans there. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if, I mean, fill out your application. Mm-hmm. I'm it always kind of depends on what the team, as as we're kind of putting the team together, what it looks like. Yeah. But yeah. we're always going to have veterans. I know. And I always want newbies, too. But see, then there were veterans from last year. And they get priority. Yeah. 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 That's just kind of the way it goes. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. But, but no, I mean, like, for real, like, it would... Uh, mm-hmm. But you know what I do every time. <laughs> Hem and haw. Yeah. Should I really? Yeah. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. And I did this, I kind of did that whole, like... What will I, what will I really be bringing to the trip thing? <laughs> and I th- and everybody does You're that. Nuts. It's so funny. And you know, Joanne just listens to it. She's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, well, gonna go ahead and write you in. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. yeah, and it's it's almost backwards thinking too. Like, what am I gonna bring to the team? Is the opposite of just openness to what God is gonna give you for this team. Yeah. Because you said yourself, you don't you don't feel like you're the natural leader, and I could. It looked incredibly natural to watch you navigate, and just it was like you had control. Do you remember this at all? Like, do you remember feeling this at all? <laughs> no. Oh. no. Yeah. yeah. The, the Thursday morning, all of that. There was just this like awesomeness where, you know, you had to tell me something and be like, right, yeah, yeah, and then oh yeah, yeah, and then Samantha over here, and then Debbie, and I got to tell you, and Joanne, <laughs> and like, and then Shara, and you just you like had it all yeah. figured out. Okay, now here's what, what, what we're going to do. All right, go. Like you were you were a rock star leader in that moment, and I I was like I felt like I was along for the ride. I'm like cool. Yeah, you've got yeah. this, and you, you tell me where I need to be, when I need to be there, and we'll do it. See, and I just don't even – I don't think I could do that, like, today. Maybe, maybe I Maybe yeah. I just need to take That's a plane God ride and, and just, like, you, you know. And I think Keith had maybe even said, like, so like, Keith is different in Kenya than he is here. I hear that a lot. Yeah, and I think maybe that's and, – and maybe it's because here I have, like – kind of the crutch of other people that I know are leaders and so I can just kind of like, well in your follow. pattern like we were saying earlier your pattern is different here than it is there yeah but yeah I, uh, Debbie said that too about like she's so comfortable praying over there and it's like so easy for her to just you know just seems so natural to come back here and it's like ah, ooh, do I do that here 
Yeah. <laughs> is that a Kenya thing? Kenya Debbie? Yeah. Or is that yeah. a America Debbie? I don't know. And that is something that is different from, like, and I think it's, um, like, I've, like, grown from the very first trip to now. For like, sure. Like, I, I can pray out loud here. It may not be... Um, as eloquent as mine. Right. <laughs> but I think that that's okay, too, because I, everybody worries that they, aren't, they don't pray well. Mm-hmm. And um, I've just come to them like, you know what? <laughs> it doesn't matter how, what you sound like right. or what you, you know, like, God still hears it. Right. It's still a prayer. Like, you can't pray wrong. And what is the what is the real fear? If you I don't sound good praying. What are you who are you afraid is going to hear your stupid prayer? The person next to you. Yeah, are you yeah. praying to them? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> You're actually praying to God. Yeah. So, worrying about what that guy thinks about your prayer is stupid because you're not praying to him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get a vote yeah. if it's stupid or not. <laughs> but I will say almost after every home whoever like before we would before we'd go like this seemed to kind of be like the the way it went with mine like it would be like okay the next house like luke you're gonna lead and then you you know like you know samantha you're gonna pray you're gonna you know like we kind of had like our little like our plan Mm -hmm. and then like we'd walk away and somebody would always go that was so good you did so good Like, we all just needed to make sure everybody else knew that, like, yeah, like, what you said was awesome. Like, way to go. Like, go team. Like, <laughs> oh, team was so good this year. I mean, they're good every year, but. Right. I think oh. each time it is so good because it's the perfect team for that trip. Yep. And you can't really orchestrate it and you can't, like, pick and choose. And, like, even um, there's always a reason for every single person to be there. Mm-hmm. And you may not know what your reason was. Like, and everybody, everybody had that, like, I'm not quite for sure what I'm supposed to, what I'm bringing to the group kind of thing, but I just know I need to be here. And I really think that everybody had, it was neat to just kind of watch and see like, Oh, that's what you're bringing to the group. And that's what like you, or it could just kind of watch everybody grow. And then sometimes you see it when you go home. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I always say, I mean, there's more, more people in Bible studies, more people leading Bible studies, more people volunteering all because of this trip. Mm-hmm. This trip is, I was kind of trying to figure that out with Samantha and her podcast. How do I describe its relationship to living faith? I mean, it's not the heartbeat because that's Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's not the spirit because that's the spirit. Yeah, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. How, but it is so intricately woven into the fabric here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, it is so much a part of who we are. Yeah, yeah, and I, th- I, for me, I really wish every single person could go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that there are people that that can't go. But I think that um, because of the people who do go, it it truly does change everyone. Oh yeah, and um, and it truly is a positive. It really, it really is. And everybody participates because I know it sounds woo woo, you know, goofy spiritual stuff. But we we know you're praying, yeah, and that it's a big deal. 
It's a really big deal. I mean, that's that's a huge part of the trip. We go and tell these people we're going to remember you and we're going to pray for you. And we know that it means something to them. Mm-hmm. Do we apply mm-hmm. that? Does it mean something to us? <laughs> like, yeah. We should be cognizant of that. Like, yeah. That's what we're doing. So everybody who stays, and that is just the case, is not everybody can go physically. Um, not everybody has an opportunity to go, is, is able to go in that regard. And some people just aren't called to go. Yeah. But if you're not called to go, then in the staying, you have your own mission work. You know, you, you're, mm-hmm. you're part of this mission trip mm-hmm. is uh, the support that we have from your prayers is incredibly important. So mm-hmm. I love that about this place. And I, I know people are praying for us when we're there. Yeah, there's there's no way they're not. That was, I mean, that was my moment last year when um, we had that, like, somebody said, hey, you know, church is getting ready to start. We could. And I was like, let's do it. Yeah. And, like, the whole team, it was just like, <laughs> our people, our people, they're there. Yeah. They know us. They remember us. Like, guys, it's been, like, five days. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> they didn't forget about you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so it was just it was adorable i it just really loved was. it how much it the was team neat. was excited to, yeah. to to realize that people were in church right now and they're thinking of us and praying for us it's huge yeah. it's absolutely huge and then you circle that back to like the people that remembered us oh. from last year yeah like that that is amazing mm-hmm. yeah just I can't even which you know so like we're talking about how like our church members like you know we're giggling like they remembered us you know to be remembered is just the most and and we don't always really realize that like it and just to be present which is probably like one of the biggest things that I have taken from, from this like you're just to be present and yeah you know to know that somebody is thinking about you praying for you i mean that's so much more powerful than i don't even know even then you know a baked good when you're not well or you know i mean like those are important because it's that tangible thing that says i was thinking of you and i was but i mean and I think we forget that, like when we uh, sometimes it's such a like a thing to say, like oh I'll pray for you, like for, for us that oh I'll, I'll pray for you, you're my prayers. But for the people in Kakuma to to tell them that is life changing. Mm-hmm. It gives hope, and it's yeah. the one thing you can't yeah. package or or put on a gift mm-hmm. card. Mm-hmm. And then when they say to you, I remember you, uh-huh. you were here last year. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple of times that, um, you know, people would say to me, I remember you, you brought your, you brought your daughter here. Yeah. Is your daughter here today? Wow. Like, I, and then you feel, I mean, like there's a couple of times when you're like, mm, I'm sorry. I don't remember you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you, you, you know, like, oh, I wish, you know, or, 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 yeah. And then like, oh no, I didn't, I didn't bring her. I, you know, but because honestly, I mean, there were some people that like, they remembered who I was and I was like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, two, uh, younger girls, probably, 
junior high, high school age, come up to me and say, Morgan and Delaney. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, you remember names. Yeah. <laughs> you totally remember those kids who were your age. Yeah. That is crazy. That's crazy. And to just, I mean, that's. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it is, again, you know, always reminds me of, I, I import this feeling right into the New Testament church. So what is important for, for Paul is to go to a place, the church has started, and then he writes letters. And I remember you often in my prayers. So I can't read the, the epistles anymore without that feeling where he says, I, I remember you often in my prayers. I go, oh, that's what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not that goofy, crappy American, I remember you my James, blah, blah, pray for you later. Mm-hmm. Probably mm-hmm. not, but whatever. Yeah, if I think about it. Yeah, it is this, I remember. And I go, oh, he remembers us. Yeah. And then he sends Titus to, to Corinth and he sends people places to go and to visit. Like that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And it means something. My, my nerdy mentor in, in the faith would say presence is systemically determinative. Thank you, Dr. Carl Gaelic. <laughs> um, it's the worst way you can say that being there is important. Yeah. It's the dumbest way to say that, but it's super technically accurate. I mean, if, if you were on your deathbed and, or if you were deathly ill and sick, would you want Doug to drop off some brownies or like give you a gift card? <laughs> right. No, you no, just want him I just there. Want him there. Yeah. Just be here with mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I got you a massage. <laughs> <laughs> Salon day. Awesome. <laughs> just be here. Yeah. Or when, when somebody you know and, and you love is, is hurting and, and pain or suffering. I mean, mm-hmm. You have that compulsion to just be there for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Don't do anything. Just be there. Yeah. And I think that's hard. That's our culture is to to do. Yeah. We are we are doers. And that was that's part. I think that's part of why when people ask me how my you know oh how was your trip how was it and I'm like oh, it was okay it was good yeah thanks because I feel like I need to have like all of these like you know on Monday this happened and this is and and then on Tuesday this happened. And for, for, for me, it was like just one, one cumulative like thing, you Uh you know, I don't have like all these, um, somebody asked me, she said, tell me a story about the trip that nobody else is going to say, like, tell me something that, and I was like, um, so we were all together all day long. (laughs) (laughs) My stories are the same as everybody else's. And so that's why I think it's hard for me to not like, I feel like. I need to bring something back and have something like a tangible story. Yeah. And I just, I don't have that one. Like yeah. mine was just like the whole thing was yeah. you know, a little bit here and a little bit there. Again, and, indicative of you sliding into that leadership. Like you know, you're seeing the whole thing as a whole instead of the pieces that you used to participate in. See, now I wish you would stop saying leadership <laughs> because of like, uh, uh. <laughs> Dude, I noticed from the jump, like on the plane, I could tell. I was like, "Ooh, Julie and Keith I, are in a different place yeah, on this trip." Because I wasn't like taking Ambien, <laughs> you know. I was, yeah. I was present. All there is of no me. reason to be present on the plane. <laughs> I was like, "You guys are crazy," but yeah, I, it's there. It is. It's it's okay. a part of you now. Deal with it. Okay. Ah well. Yeah. 
All right, it's been like an hour and 15 or so. Yeah, people are probably tired of listening to us. Uh, well, not me. People love listening to me. They come mm. every Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> for their nap. <laughs> oh, well. Right. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. All right. All right. Ha, see? Told ya. Told you it was going to be an awesome podcast. Uh, yeah. Much thanks for Julie for coming in. Uh, appreciate it. I stood her up on the first one. I totally forgot. I had double booked myself and left her stranded here with nobody to talk to. It was so sad. But yeah, it was an awesome trip. By the way, if you are out there in the world somewhere listening and are at all interested in going on one of these trips, you don't have to be a member of Living Faith to go. You are welcome to join us. Um, we have an application that you can fill out. Just let me know. Get a hold of me. I think it's awesome when people from other churches or other places end up going on this trip. I really do think it's cool. So if you are at all interested, shoot me an email. That is all the things with Luke Tim at gmail.com or Instagram, Facebook, however you want to find me. That's fine. I don't care. All right. Uh, until next time, be good. Bye.